Alright, it's the top of the hour and welcome back to Cupids on Infinite Earths, the radio show where your love life will never be the same. That's right, folks. We're taking all your questions about love and relationships and churning out some time-tested wisdom. Now, it looks like on the phone today, we've got a Thanos Oftaten? Interesting name. All right, Thanos, you're live on Cupids. Uh, hi, guys. First time, long time. Anyway, I'm really trying to impress a pretty special lady who's been really putting me through the ringer. I need some help. Okay. What kind of stuff has she been asking for? Well, she asked me to extinguish 50% of the life in the universe. Uh-huh. And I did that, but she still won't give me the time of day. Wow. So you feel like you've been putting a lot of effort into this relationship, but not getting anything in return. Tell me, are you sure this woman actually likes you? Yeah, you're not just pulling some incel stuff, right? Well, she resurrected me and put me in charge of the sacred duty, so I, I think she likes me. Ah, but I'm wondering if she's just stringing you along. She seems a little selfish, maybe. What else have you done? Well, I showed her the barely cognizant but still living body of my burnt granddaughter and also took away my brother's ability to speak and used my vast cosmic powers to sculpt him like clay. Wait, so you're... Changing your relationship with your family for this woman? No, this is pretty par for the course. Hmm. Well, it seems like this is not off to a good start. My advice? You break this one off early before you get too heartbroken. Yeah, this feels like it isn't worth it. But I crave her presence. She is my queen, my goddess, my everything. That's just the infatuation talking, honey. Have a nice night. All right, and with that, we're going to hit a commercial break. Say, Christy, do you like talking about comics? Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earth. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to part two of two of our Infinity Gauntlet coverage. That's right. We're going to be wrapping this one up. We're going to be we're going to be rescoring this fifty percent deal. Little spoilers there. Chris, did you like it? What? Because if you liked it, then you should have put a ring on it. I'm confused. <laughs> no, you're you're for wrap wrapping it up, tying it in a bow, and a gift is a ring. I'm sorry. This connection. <laughs> <laughs> really made a lot of sense in my head. I promise. My train of thought inside my head was flawless. Chrissy, if the moon was made of cheese, <laughs> would you eat it? I know I would. <laughs> God, listening to some, this is this we're getting topical for a second, but listening to some of those congressional questions, I felt like they were things like, "Hey, if the moon was made of spare ribs, <laughs> would you take a bite?" <laughs> It's been a weird week, folks. If, uh, hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> imagine that this incredibly unlikely scenario was, was in fact true. If there were two astronauts on the moon and one another one hit another one with a rock, would that be messed up or what? <laughs> <laughs> if a tree fell in the woods and nobody was there to marry it, <laughs> would you... <laughs> Why do I keep mentioning the moon in all of mine? <laughs> it's quite a time. <laughs> what a time to be alive. When you said, did you like it? I was like, Christy, I always ask you that like after the summer. <laughs> it's too late to, in the podcast to do this sort of inversion. <laughs> I was almost offended. <laughs> I could tell. I was like, what? <laughs> How dare you speak to me like that? <laughs> All right, well, we're going to be talking a lot about Thanos. Yeah. A lot about living and a little, little about love <laughs> way down yonder on a Friday night. <laughs> now I'm making references you don't understand. I feel like it's a song. Oh, uh, yeah. Way, uh, way Down Yonder by the Chattahoochee. It's a, oh, it's a country oh. song. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like I 
Only got the barest of brushes with some some country music Look, in college. A lot of aspects of country took a real downturn after uh, 2001, we shall say. <laughs> Uh, they 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 forgot their uh, their working class roots and took it in but, a weird direction. But we've always got strawberry wine. <laughs> we do always have strawberry wine. <laughs> they can't take that away from us. Take, look, we've got like we've got like Casey Musgraves. It's coming back. <laughs> Plus, folk folk's basically country, mm-hmm. and it's it's never gone away. Right, right. Yeah. Well, speaking of folk. We're going to talk about some folks. (laughs) Some folks. Some space folks. In our summary. Space folks coast to coast summary. Infinity Gauntlet, number four through six, written by Jim Starlin, penciled by George Perez and Ron Lim, inked by Joseph Rubinstein and Bruce N. Solotoff, colored by Max Sheely and Ian Laughlin, lettered by Jack Morelli, and edited by Craig Anderson. Issue four. All right, it's big fight time. Oh, wait. Thanos immediately freezes all our heroes in time. Well, until Mephisto, who shows Thanos that Warlock and Silver Surfer are just a few light years away, also convinces Thanos to show off for death for a little bit. Thanos agrees to make the fight slightly fairer by only using his power gem, and then he unfreezes everyone. Let's just say things don't go well. Thanos kills Namor and She-Hulk with the strange substance that subsumes them. Doctor Doom tries to take the Infinity Gauntlet and is nearly killed by Thanos, and then Wolverine tries to slay the Titan only for his adamantium to be turned to rubber. Next, it's Cyclops and Scarlet Witch. Thanos kills Scarlet Witch with an energy blast and then encases Cyclops in a block of pure force which suffocates him. Iron Man tries to intervene only for Taraxia to attack him and eventually pull off his head. Thanos kills the Vision almost as an afterthought. Eternity asks Adam Warlock if the cosmic forces can intervene and Warlock refuses as of now. Thor loses his hammer in the battle, which causes him to revert to human form and nearly suffocate to death barely getting his hammer in time. Thanos sends Drax and Fire Lord into the Cretaceous period, and Cloak tries to subsume Thanos in the Dark Dimension. However, Thanos breaks out and explodes Cloak. Spider-Man attacks Thanos only for Taraxia to bludgeon him to death with a rock. Thanos turns Thor into glass and Nova into children's blocks before Quasar confronts him. He blows up Quasar's hands and then the rest of him. Finally, Cap begins his fight against Thanos. Thanos shatters his shield, and then Silver Surfer zooms in while the Titan is distracted, attempting to grab the gauntlet. Thanos jerks his hand aside at the right moment, and Surfer zooms past. Thanos realizes how close he came to losing and offhandedly kills Cap, then regains his full power just in time for the cosmic forces to show up. Issue 5 More fights, but this time on a bigger scale. One by one, the huge cosmic forces try to best Thanos, only for the Mad Titan to overcome their various attempts time after time. Entire solar systems are destroyed in the chaos, and Eros and Nebula seem doomed, only to be saved by death. Death also joins the fray, leaving Thanos truly disheartened. Even she is not a match for him, though, and he imprisons all the primal forces using the gauntlet. Finally, Eternity himself fights against Thanos as Adam Warlock and Silver Surfer ask for a quick retreat from Doctor Strange, and they are teleported home. They watch from afar as Eternity himself is added to the prison as Thanos has usurped his position, leaving his physical form to become the center of reality. This, however, leaves his physical body abandoned and the seemingly comatose Nebula strikes, grabbing the gauntlet and regaining her normal appearance and the full power of infinity. Nebula strikes quickly, teleporting Thanos and Taraxia into deep space. Taraxia dies in the vacuum, but Doctor Strange opens a portal and retrieves Thanos. Adam Warlock has a plan. The surf- tries to fight Thanos only for the fight to be broken up by heroes that Doctor Strange managed to retrieve, specifically Hulk, Thor, Doctor Doom, Drax, and Fire Lord. Adam Warlock pulls Thanos aside, explaining to the Titan that while he was in the Soul Gem, he fully figured Thanos out. He tells Thanos that the Titan knows deep down he is not worthy of great power, as he always subconsciously supplies his own defeat. Thanos sputters at this before telling Adam he will aid them to retrieve the gems from the now megalomaniacal nebula. The heroes are teleported to the Death Monument, where even without Thanos' skill in wielding the gauntlet, Nebula is still able to imprison the retrieved heroes. However, right behind them are Thanos, Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, and Adam Warlock. 
Time for the finale. Issue 6. Nebula immediately binds Thanos as well, but it seems that she is unable to see Adam Warlock due to him residing outside the realms of chaos and order. Okay. She undoes the events of the past 24 hours, so everyone is alive again, but oops, she turns into a charred, comatose person again, at least for a second before she fixes it. Adam Warlock tries to grab for the gauntlet and fails, but the undoing of the events of the past day also sets free the cosmic deities. They unleash their fury on Nebula. Adam Warlock and Silver Surfer appear in the Soul World, where Adam Warlock's power is greatest. He explains to Surfer that this is still all a part of his plan, and while Nebula is distracted fighting the cosmic beings, he's going to reach out to the other Infinity Gems. This tactic works, and the gauntlet falls off of Nebula's arm right after she turns the cosmic squad into stone. Doctor Strange teleports in Drax, Hulk, Thor, and Eros, and it's a mad dash to the gauntlet as Thanos breaks free. But of course, Adam Warlock claims the gauntlet, promising to use it wisely. But before long, Thanos says he has a nuclear bomb on his person set to detonate, as he prefers death to likely imprisonment. Thor smashes him away and he explodes. Wow, no more Thanos. Anyway, Nebula is going to be tried on Titan, and Adam Warlock tells Silver Surfer and Doctor Strange to leave, and tell everyone he'll be fine with the gauntlet. He teleports them away and summons Pip the Troll and Gamora to him. They travel two months into the future to another planet where Thanos is still alive and has become a farmer. Adam Warlock decides to leave him alone, since after three attempts at godhood, Thanos has decided to live the simple life. Okay? Sure. All right, Christy, did you like this finale, these last three uh, issues of Infinity Gauntlet? I did enjoy the wrap-up. I wasn't quite sure how things were going to go, aside from, obviously, you know, half the universe wasn't going to stay dead. Mm -hmm. Wasn't sure how it was going to get fixed. Wasn't sure how Thanos was going to get defeated. I did not see the Nebula bit coming, so I appreciated that. Uh, I didn't see the Nebula bit coming the first time I read this, but... Which is funny because, like, if you, like, think back, it is it is led up to so much in a heavy-handed way that I feel very silly not getting it. Why do you think it, it was led up to? Because they keep, they keep doing these little vignettes where they're like, and then there's Vacant Nebula, who's like, they, they do a lot of zoom-ins on Nebula, and it makes it seem like, and, and she's just, there's just I nothing just going on they in were there. emphasizing how awful Thanos was. Yes, I think maybe I, I, that's. I think that's what makes it effective. Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't. I think it's also an effective lead up. If we didn't, if we like ignored her for three issues and then she suddenly grabbed it, yeah. it would feel like really I silly. I don't understand why Nebula has to go and stand trial and Thanos gets to go be a farmer. That is a little ridiculous because right? she didn't even do anything wrong yet. Right. Other than like imprison the cosmic forces in stone or whatever and supposedly be, I mean, she was going to keep the gauntlet, which I guess is bad for her, but fine for Adam Warlock. <laughs> I'm just saying a lot. There's a lot of like, uh, intent involved with this punishment here. It seems like. Right. Also, spoiler, uh, Thanos absolutely comes back. <laughs> I was going to say there's no way he stayed a farmer. Uh, yeah, I do. I feel like this was supposed to be Jim Starlin's wrap up on Thanos. I feel like his his intent was Thanos is done. But mm-hmm. of course it's comics and that can't happen. We we have to like maintain the illusion that he's done and also not be surprised when he comes back later. Or maybe be surprised? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I don't remember though. I think it is a little bit before he comes back, but I could be wrong. I do kind of like that what Thanos retires to is basically like the gardener from uh, Thanos Quest. Yeah. It was just like yeah, and everybody was just going for all those power grabs, and I just, I just wanted to be in my garden and at peace. And mm-hmm. Thanos is just at his farm at maybe peace. I don't, probably not, because he doesn't stay there. For the, for the, for the sake of this story, Thanos stays there. All right. I feel like that's the intent, right? Like it ends on that. It doesn't even end on like a like, or will he? It is very like mm-hmm. he is at peace. He should still should have had to stand trial. Right? Like, what is that all about? And Adam Warlock's like, you little scamp. I won't tell anybody. I don't know if I like Adam Warlock as a hero. No, I think that he is supposed to be very unlikable. Yeah, he's a, he's an anti-hero, right? In a way, or like just like a, a hero who is above morality. Sometimes I think anti-heroes, like Wolverine, Wolverine's an anti-hero, and he really grapples with the, the things he has to do. He has a lot of like, he has a lot of... He has guilt, but he has like duty, and there's a lot mixed in there. I don't think Adam Warlock 
shows like a lot of regrets. He's like, yeah, I got, I got to let a bunch of these people die because it's for the whole universe. Mm-hmm. And Silver Surfer's like, this is pretty messed up. And he's like, it is, isn't it? It's real messed up. So Adam Warlock's plan the entire time was for him to have the Infinity Gauntlet at the end. Yes, it was. Um, he was at some point going to be able to use, use his ability, uh, his knowledge of the stone, the soul gem, to talk to the other soul gems to cause them to like... You know that bit in the beginning of of uh, of Fellowship of the Ring where we hear about the origin of the ring, mm-hmm. and Galadriel's like it abandoned Gollum, and there's the boom, boom. It's it's like that. Mm-hmm. He he literally like tells the gauntlet to like fall off her hand. <laughs> that was his plan, but it wasn't going to work with Thanos because Thanos was like too good at it or something. Right. But I feel like his plan was not for Nebula to get it. I'm like, was his initial plan just Silver Surfer grabbing it real fast? Because that's a bad plan. (laughs) (laughs) For being like the chess master, Adam Warlock. It's like, what if I grabbed it? What if I sent my silver guy uh, who reflects all light and thus will be shiny? (laughs) And just at the end, he's just like, yep, go back, guys. You've seen who I am. You know that I'm good. Tell tell everybody not to worry about it. I I got the gauntlet and it's going to be it's going to be fine. And they're like, um, I don't. I don't know about that plan. I am not sure that we trust you to have this. <laughs> and then he just makes them all go away. <laughs> uh, there is, he's, he's in a comic called the infinity watch. That's like an ongoing after this, that I think has to do with like the ongoing guardianship. Mm. I've never read it. Right. It's, it's fine. I mean, he does seem to have the temperament of one of the cosmic beings who seems to have like no emotion. Yeah. He's Adam Warlock is, is interesting at times and like completely boring at other times. He, I don't think he has been in a comic, you know, in a, in a decent amount of time. Does he still have the gauntlet? No, no, no. Currently, I think the gems are all scattered in like very current continuity. I know there was like a, a storyline recently in Black Cat where she was going to try to heist the infinity gems, which I think is kind of a fun idea, <laughs> but I, I never read it. I'm, I, I need to catch up on it. Okay. But for a while, there was an infinity story that Jerry Duggan wrote and the gems like kind of changed like shape and they were all in different spots. Turk, who is like a, a, a like a kind of low time crime guy in Daredevil comics, who is it's always fun when Turk shows up like he had one of them. Okay. The Guardians were trying to like defend some of them uh, that they found like with the Nova Corps. It, so right now there is no infinity gauntlet. I don't know what makes them go away from each other. Sometimes I wonder if it's supposed to be like the uh, like the Dragon Balls and Dragon Ball Z, and like once you do your thing, they just scatter. They just go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So we had two issues. Three issues. Uh, two issues that were pretty much just fights. Correct. That that issue four was literally just fights, and they were nasty, brutal things. I'm just trying to imagine, like, imagine like being like a kid in '92 and reading that, and just seeing like your entire toy line getting annihilated. Right, right, and then having to wait. Like, I don't, I don't know how long. I think I these were monthly. Month, yeah, wait a month to see are are all my heroes really dead? Yeah, you know they already offed half the universe. I asked friend of the show Adam Reck, who was reading this as it was coming out, because he is just a tad bit older than us. And he was like, I knew they were kind of come back, but it was pretty shocking. Mm, okay. Literally, like, there's a bit where Taraxia has, like, the, the Iron Man helmet, and there's, like, drippies off of it. Because I was like, oh, did she kill him and just take the helmet? And then I was like, zoom in. Gross. <laughs> I liked Cyclops with the box on his head. Oh, that was awful. Some of the people died in these, like, terrible ways. Yeah. I mean, Quasar's was- hands got blown up. I mean, it was awful. It was just a funny visual. Oh yeah, it, it's it's still kind of comic booky, right? Yeah, like he just has a clear box on his head. It was gnarly. Cloak gets blown up. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, Vision dies. Which there's a joke where Vision dies a lot. Like, and, and it's true. Um, I've read, I read at least two or three event comics where Visions died. Well, Vision didn't have his. He was like. He was like completely like ivory colored mm-hmm. which was interesting i don't know why that is i should know but i don't thanos didn't have to take any of the infinity gems from vision vision have one in this no right. that's, that's 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 a, that's a movie, movie thing. thing in right. this vision was created by ultron but at the, that point it was ultron 5 eventually they just stopped numbering them because he wanted like he wanted like a special boy son 
He wanted like a Pinocchio, so he made a vision. I love Vision as Pinocchio. Vision should be, we should have a Pinocchio starring Vision. Mm-hmm. I think he could make his nose grow. I I imagine that's the case. Mm-hmm. I want him to sing about how he's going to be a real boy. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. No, unlike in the Marvel Universe, in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I feel like a lot of those gems were like with like people that we knew. Right. Whereas they just they, they they just go, you know, Starlin wanted to go real weird with it and gave it to like the elders of the universe and other like very cosmic-y beings as opposed to like right. Loki. Like, right. Why would just regular people have these things? I kind of like it when regular people have the have the infinity gems, but I don't think I would like it as much if that was the original way that we saw them. I think I like it that it's like that it starts as like oh these like weird cosmic beings have it, but they really don't care about them because they don't really know what they do. Mm-hmm. I think that, that I think that is like I think Starlin introduced these in a really great way. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I like I I enjoyed Thanos quest. I love everything about the origin of the Infinity Gauntlet. It's right. good stuff. I do think that the Infinity Gauntlet is probably overused at this point, but it is such a cool Marvel thing. Uh, when I got into Marvel Comics, there was um, there was an offshoot of New Avengers called the Illuminati, where it introduced like the Marvel Illuminati, which is like Doctor Strange and Iron Man and Black Bolt and Professor Xavier and Namor, like some of like the like the dudes that think they're in charge. And one of the things they had to do were, were retrieve the infinity gems from something. And that was a really cool issue of it, if I recall. And then each of them took one to sort of like mm-hmm. safeguard it. And of course that didn't work for too long, but I was like, it, the concept of the infinity gems was like enamoring to me as someone who is kind of new to monthly comics at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. Was it just me or did you expect the cosmic entities to be slightly more effective against Thanos than they were? The cosmic entities are funny. Um, have you ever heard the, the ninja rule? So, in in a lot of martial arts movies, if there's one ninja and he comes in, that's like a that's a hard fight. Mm-hmm. If there's twenty ninjas, no, like each individual ninja is going to get creamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's I don't even think that's true with just ninjas. I, I I've, I've heard it uh, referred. It, there was like a joke on a webcomic about ninjas, but it's it's any time, right? When you're fighting one on one, that's when things are going to be right. But the you know you get all the cosmic beings at once they feel like ineffectual so uh, no I did not expect them to do particularly well uh, I did like some of the art and the scale of it and I think that was most that was that was when Ron Lim had taken over I still like Ron Lim I still think his art's really good mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a it's a bit of a shame that, to me that I didn't get George Perez on all this but George Perez was like Ron should have just drawn the whole thing he's been doing this for forever because like Ron Lim drew Thanos quest and he's drawn mm-hmm. other things. Um, so in, in George Perez's estimation, like Ron Lim should have done, he was like, have Ron do it when he couldn't like, right? he's like, and so they did, which was nice. But, um, and I thought that, I thought the way that like, there was like the, the celestials who were literally just like, almost like ushering planets to just throw at Thanos, mm-hmm. things like that were real cool. Like the scale of it felt really cool, but like, it, it felt like beyond imagination in that it, a, a lot of it was just kind of like big bright lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess not all of it. Like love and hate made Thanos feel weird about himself. And <laughs> I did enjoy that. <laughs> I just like the love and hate are like we're just going to make you feel a little strange. I liked that Death joined in against Thanos. I do too, but it, it like it. What was any of this for then? This was this was your idea, lady, right? Right? Like what? She'd gotten what she wanted, I guess, by that point. But she she just... helped reverse it. I guess that's true. Maybe she didn't know that it would be reversed. I just, I, I feel like I don't understand death. You know, death is death is Rachel McAdams in the notebook. And I, I'm just going, what do you want? What do you want? And she's like, it's it's just, it's, it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Except she doesn't say anything. She just stares at you with the same expression <laughs> on her face. What do you want? <laughs> I need somebody to make this gift. <laughs> this gift of, of Marvel Death just sitting there and <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gosling. What, what do you want? <laughs> so with that, I don't know. I don't know. And Mephisto. I, that was like obvious, right? Of course, he was going to make a play for it. I mean, I didn't know why he was there. I maybe maybe he really just wanted to be pals. <laughs> He's like, I just need a friend. <laughs> 
You can tell I'm a really good judge of character when I'm like, well, the actual devil is here. I think he wants to be friends. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not letting you out of my sight. Don't go Don't go near any crossroads, Christy. Especially, like, if you're, like, asking for stuff, don't, like, say it out loud near a crossroads. Why? Would somebody come help? <laughs> you seem nice. What's your name? Lucy? Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, Diablo. Diablo? <laughs> huh, your card says B. Elzebub. What a funny name. <laughs> oh, what's the B stand for? Elzebub. Now, where's that from? <laughs> I love you, Christy Rose. <laughs> Uh, but do do you do you like the bit? And I feel like this is this this we need to address when Adam Warlock basically negs Thanos into helping him out. <laughs> He's like, "You're trash, and you know you're trash." And Thanos is like, "Ah, yeah, I'll help." Like he even has this moment of like where he gets kind of mad for a sec, and then gets kind of quiet, and then goes, "I will aid you." <laughs> he's like you you don't deserve it you know you don't deserve it you always do these scenarios so the funny thing is this literal scenario where he like becomes eternity but his like body is just like drooling or whatever mm-hmm. he's done that literal exact thing before when he had the cosmic cube like in a captain marvel issue in the 70s he did the literal same thing adam warlock negging Thanos <laughs> is like how i imagined as a child, what it was like when I stood up, like, to a bully. Oh, yeah. But it did not, it was not that, that effective. No, I had to punch my bully in the eye. That was effective. <laughs> I, I, I called, I called this boy a punk, and I thought it sounded really cool, and he just laughed at me. Oh, Christy, I'm sorry. I was, like, nine. He probably, he probably was a punk. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you called him a punk. <laughs> I just watched this Disney Channel original movie. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just imagining that you tried to pull like that bit from Teen Witch uh-huh. where she suddenly knows how to rap. Mm-hmm. And then there, then there was the, the, the guy in the group chat that like roasted me and all I could think to say is, you're a terrible person and no one will ever love you. And that was my, that was my comeback. That's and- a pretty good comeback, though. <laughs> it was not very effective at 14 years old. Well, maybe that guy sucks. <laughs> he does. He does. I'm sorry, dear. This is getting real close to therapy territory. Oh, yep. Well, my point is, standing up to a bully verbally never really works out the way that you think it's going to. So no. this is very well written, but I don't, I don't <laughs> you believe just, you that. You don't buy it. I don't buy that Thanos would just cave like that. Um, so I was reading, and I've been reading a book about the history of um, societies and inequality, and how inequality develops, and how the 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 original thought was that inequality developed with the advent of farming, mm-hmm. because farming created surpluses, and then surpluses created like wealth. Well, anyway, it's, it's basically saying that's not true, but one of the points it makes early on is that one of the things that humans do that animals don't do is make fun of bullies. Mm. So, like, if a gorilla bullies you and you're a gorilla, the only thing you can really do back is, like, fight and win. Right. But in, it, it talks about how in societies, if, if people get too big for their britches, and this is in, like, a lot of, like, hunter-gatherer societies or, like, like societies that have not formed, like, big cities, mm-hmm. which that's that's not necessarily a sign of advancement, I'm, I'm trying to – or advancement or not. I'm tra- not making that point. But anyway, mm-hmm. they, if someone is, like, in charge and they don't like him, they'll just, like, make fun of him until he's like, okay. And I love that. I think that's great. <laughs> I wish I wish that was more effective these days. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> like imagine if you made fun of a congressperson enough until they just stepped down out of shame. Gosh, if only. <laughs> so That'd be so good. The closest thing we get is how Twitter can apparently sometimes influence the president. Yes. Just, sometimes. Just this current president. <laughs> sometimes, not all the time. <laughs> 
Well, anyway, Christy Rose, are you going to be ready to get into some Twitter questions? Yeah, let's see what the Twitterverse has to say. All right, our first question comes from at Daniel P. Grote, who asks, Who you snapping? Or perhaps less broadly, are there any crossovers you've read for the show that you would like to snap out of existence? Hmm. What's like the worst crossover, Christy, that we've covered? didn't really enjoy war of the gods um well what was that flash one with the dark universe oh flashpoint flashpoint yeah i'd i would snap flashpoint yeah oh gosh what was the dc one i was just mad at you were just mad at the young justice one is it sins of youth yeah or world without young justice no it was the the sins of youth one (laughs) with a lot of unnecessary sexualization of children or children turn into adults which is also weird yeah yeah Okay. We could do that. Uh, oh, are we are we stopping? I can't <laughs> I mean, no, we can stop. Half of what we've covered, I would snap about 50%. <laughs> I mean, that's maybe not wrong. Like, I don't feel like anything would be hurt by doing that. There's some things that I really like. Um, I'd keep Crisis. Why not? Crisis isn't wonderful, but I don't know. I like Crisis. Okay. Yeah. All right. At Asimov underscore fangirl asks... One, not that I ship them, but what do you think would be the perfect date between death and Thanos? Uh, ski ball. That would be that would be a, a fun date. Mm-hmm. I trying to think about what death might enjoy, but like if these comics are any indication, death doesn't really enjoy anything. <laughs> death had fun once, and it was awful. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like Thanos would want to do something like, ooh, ooh, they could go to the. To, to the bone churches in Rome. <sighs> That's Oh, I like that. So they first would have to go to Rome, but then they could hang out in the bone churches, which you've been in. I have been in. You've seen those that bone have churches. the art made of, made of bones, human bones. <laughs> bones? <laughs> they could just go look at the bone art. <laughs> they could just go look at the bone art. Uh, second, not a question, but surprised when the Thanos was right started, nobody commented that he wished the elimination of half the lives in the universe, not just sentient. So that included animals, plants, bacteria, etc. So Yeezy, rest of the universe, enjoyed their new paradise with half the food, oxygen, and resources for the next five years. So in this comic, I think it is specifically sentient life. I believe so, too. Or maybe... I don't know. It's not 100% clear in the movies, but in the movies they talk about like whales returning. So I feel like if half the whales would have gone away, like I don't know if it was supposed to be that. However, I do I've thought about this about what Asimov fangirl has said. If half of your gut bacteria went away, at least I think for like one day you would have like terrible diarrhea. Yeah. It would probably repopulate pretty quickly, but it'd be rough. Yeah, yeah, that would be the roughest part. You also wonder, like, what constitutes, like, a living thing for the snap? Like, um, like we are we are a living thing, but we are also multicellular. And each, mm-hmm. you, could we say each of our cells is a living thing? Well, see, like in our- my head, since he was doing it for death, and death, like, collects, like, souls. It would have to be, like, sentient things. Yeah, it would have to be things with souls. That's true. That's a, that's a, that's a very, like, I feel like Christian thought, though. Okay, well, that's how death's written. <laughs> that's true. Death is written very solely. Right. Okay. Yeah. At Bian says, if you could have an infinity gem each, which would you choose? Okay, do you remember all the infinity gems? So there's power, mm-hmm. there's time, mm-hmm. space, space reality, reality, which is different than <laughs> space. Mind. Mind. And soul. There's six. Space gem, baby. All day, every day. Love mm-hmm. the space gem. I could go anywhere. It'd be great. Okay. What does the soul one even do? I, I, you know, you people live in it sometimes. I've never been super clear on what the soul gem's supposed to do. <laughs> I, we read about it in Thanos Quest. We did. Hold on. Okay, so the soul gem, you can change the essence of who people are. Oh. Okay. Uh, so I feel like if I had the soul gem, I could just make everybody be nice and share my political views. Uh, and but then would they still be people? I'd be happier. <laughs> Christy selfishly would like the world would be better (laughs) alright well we have a super villain in the making here next question comes from at KRS326 it seems like a trope that these big bads who have been brilliant and cunning to gain power 
make a silly error to lose power. Thanos in Infinity Gauntlet, Doom in Secret Wars, Red Skull with the Cosmic Cube, etc. Sometimes it seems like a cop-out. Any insights into this trope? I think it's supposed to just show the fallibility or the um, the of evil and how they are not they are like how evil is not perfect. Right. Uh, I think I think we we in this very comic it is explained why Thanos does it in that he he it's his, like he a deep seated. He ultimately doesn't inse- believe in himself. Yeah, it's like a, it is it is insecurity that causes that. Mm-hmm. But when you are one person going up against the rest of the world as a villain, like it's inevitable, everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> like, nobody's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Right. But like when you've got a group and you've got a team, like, you know, if you make a mistake, you've got other people that have your back. But when you stand alone, like most villains do, and you make a mistake, everybody else is just going to take advantage of that. This is why I love it when villains team up. Mm hmm. It's also the WWE rule. For some reason, all the villains can have teams. Villains are better in pairs. They're Villains are way better in a team. Mm hmm. Maybe that's why you liked Justice so much, even though it's like a fairly like kind of fine storyline. The whole deal of it is like the supervillains all team up and offer to make the world better with all of their stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're still doing evil stuff, but it's still like a cool team up. Love yeah. That. I just like when people can work together. To do evil. To make the world a better place. <laughs> wow, I'm really launching my villain career. <laughs> Christy is turning into a villain right now. She's going to make everybody think the same as her. Just everybody get along and not be bigoted people. Well, see, now that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I don't want to erase people's cultures. I just want to make them not be stupid. That's fair. At Death Christ 2000. Sean asks which alternate variant of the Infinity Gauntlet story, i.e. the various what-ifs, Infinity War, Marvel Adventures, etc., do you think is the best? I'm going to – I have not read any of these, unfortunately. Sean asked this question today, but I did not have time to read them. I do – so I think that the MCU Infinity War is not as good as this comic because I like the weirdness that this has that the MCU just has not – it hasn't matched the weirdness yet. It just right. hasn't gotten there to me. But I do like the movie because it does some fun callbacks. Like there's the bit where Drax is turned into blocks of stone and Mantis like becomes ribbons. And I thought that was kind of some fun callback. And I like that. And I feel like I want to watch it again now, having actually read the source material, just so I can uh, get some of those parallels. I I think that the, the, the choice to make some of the stones be like people from like people we know like they have them. I think that was that. That's an idea that works Narr- better in yeah, the movies. Yeah, it works better narratively in film. Yeah, and it works better. The a Thanos quest in the movies would not work as well to me. Right. Like he still had to go to the collector, didn't he? I did. He did. I think go to the right. collector because the collector does. Ex- I don't think all of the elders of the universe have been revealed in the movies but i know the collector has right but i think it made a little more sense if we were going to do it from the hero's perspective which is what they did in the movie that thanos does not go and encounter these people you've never seen before right and just have like a weird thanos interlude for forever right i think that would have been strange right like thanos quest would have needed to be its own own film where somehow we found thanos a compelling protagonist whereas like you and me are like whoop whoop thanos quest (laughs) We love it. It's our favorite. So I need to read the Marvel Adventures one. Marvel Adventures was a line that came out from like 05 to like 2010, roughly, I think, that was like, they were they were meant for kids, but mm-hmm. they weren't drawn like childlike. They still had like the very like comic booky. Right. And the, for the most part, the stories were one and done, but they did a mini that was effectively a retelling of Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's on the app. I just, I didn't have time to read it. Yeah, a fair. So I'm going to say the movies, which is probably, like I said, I haven't read a lot of the other ones. So that that one's on me. I also have not read them. I'm not apologizing for it. I have not. <laughs> Marvel Adventures, not top on my list. I was once given a Marvel Adventures by my comic book guy because they accidentally sent him like 40 of one. Oh. And he's like, do you just want this? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think they had to get a cat out of a tree. It was kind of fun. I thought you were talking about your, your comic guy had to get again. <laughs> I mean, maybe he has, just not in that day. <laughs> and our last question comes from uh, at Orba Dia Aaron. Would the Ant-Man strategy have worked? Do you know, do you know what this, this strategy is? 
No. So there was a joke um, before, I, I think it was between Infinity War and Endgame, because Ant-Man was not in Infinity War. Right. Remember, he accidentally went to the quantum realm. Right. And then the, the people who were watching him got dusted, so he right, was trapped. Right, right. The, the, the strategy was that Ant-Man was going to shrink down and climb into an orifice of Thanos's and then become big again, thus killing Thanos. Specifically, the funniest way that it could go. Mm-hmm. Mm. Re- right. Really cause an end game, if you will. Right. Yeah. Right. So this would all, like... Like, Thanos would have to not be aware that this was happening. But, but he Thanos- has cosmic awareness. Right. Yeah, so yes, I, I, don't I don't think, think it, would, it would I don't think the movie really played the cosmic awareness part super right. strongly. Like, it, it could have worked in that first initial combat where he, he <laughs> only lessened uses the his power. power. Gem. Yeah. yeah. He only uses the power gem, but he still turned people into stuff, which I feel like is... Is some- other power... Yeah. It's fine. Right, whatever. You know, he- we didn't write it. So mm-hmm. the power gem does whatever. Sure. Sure. Maybe that was the one I should have picked. <laughs> I just could have turned the people I didn't like into, into bricks. Into bricks. Hit the bricks. Actually, no. I would just turn them into a uh, clean power source. Christy, you're really turning super villain. I don't like you. You're a solar panel now. <laughs> you're a bad man. You're a bad, bad man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before Christy turns me into a solar panel, let's get into some accolades. <laughs> accolades. All right, Christy, what's the best line from this? Can I tell you mine? Yeah, please tell me your best line. So mine comes from Mephisto, who, after pointing out that Thanos, when reducing his power, would have a 0.5% chance of losing, mm-hmm. not the greatest odds in the universe, but perhaps good enough to impress Mistress Death. <laughs> Imagine if I was like, hey, Christy, I'm going to fight the kids. You'd be like, first of all, you would not want me to fight the kids, but you would not be impressed if I beat the kids. No. <laughs> so I don't understand why Mistress Death would be impressed. <laughs> My best line I gave uh, in part because I just liked the, the drama of the line, but also because the lettering paired with the art on the page was fantastic. Uh, we have uh, Adam Warlock who is uh, we see him like silhouetted against like eternity and he says uh, he, they, they ask where he is and he's he says nowhere everywhere at one with the universe of the soul gem and the lettering is just this big huge green block letters that take up nearly half the page and I was just <laughs> like yeah that's cool. <laughs> so like but where is that though <laughs> all right what's the what's uh what's our coolest moment or am i doing this out of order i am its greatest hero oh i'm so sorry what's the greatest hero um i gave it reluctantly to adam warlock i know you gave it to him last time and i gave it to somebody else and i'm just like i mean i guess he's the one who got stuff done. Let the conflict end, Christy. Let the conflict end. That yeah. is that is the panel I have. I'm just gonna start it. saying that when the kids are fighting. I'm gonna say, let the conflict end and it will not do anything. <laughs> My but greatest oh, The problem is you don't have the infinity gauntlet. We need to get you one of those infinity gauntlets that all the cool nerds have. And you can wear okay. that in fights with the children. <laughs> we might need to take a step back there. All the what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I never thought that like everyone, everyone in America, or you know, like just a ton of people, would know what the Infinity Gauntlet is. I know we did the, we did this last time, I and cannot. I said I could tell you who doesn't know, no, and uh, yeah, still don't. So. Um, my greatest hero is Cap because I like that all these people who are way more powerful and cool than him got absolutely yes. annihilated. And he's like, "So what's up? My turn. <laughs> my turn." I'm like, "Why'd they bring Cap? I know he's just <laughs> Cap is just like the best a guy can be." You know, he's literally like the army motto from the 90s, the be all that you can be. That's just Cap's powers, as he just is all that you can be, <laughs> which is still not as good. Like, be as all that like you can be, which is not as good as being a spider guy. <laughs> but uh, I like that he did that. His shield got punched into bits, which theoretically shouldn't happen. It only happens when it's cool. Uh, yeah. And when somebody has the infinity gauntlet. <laughs> the infinity gauntlet. 
And then he just gets like, Thanos is just like, oh, I almost lost. And then like backhands him and he dies. I feel so bad, but I thought Cap was doing his best. He did. It's funny that Cap in the movie gets like a lot of really heroic moments against Thanos. Like he gets the, he gets Mjolnir for a little bit and he's worthy. And in this is Cap's just like, hey, hey, let's do some fisticuffs and like just kind of fights for a little bit. And Mm -hmm. it's it's a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that your greatest hero is the the one... The one who lost real bad, but had a lot of heart. Look, he can do this all day. <laughs> and, well, until he's dead. <laughs> until he's dead. All right. So next up, our coolest moment. I really liked when uh, Nebula took on all of the cosmic beings. It just, it was some fun art. Yeah, it's very cool art. It's not quite a daily double, but mine is when Thanos takes on all the cosmic beings. Uh, yep. I like the bit where the planets are flying at him. Yeah. Like a conveyor belt of planets. Right. Like, like the like, the art just got to go wild. It yeah. It was fun. Like the Celestials are like just checking out planets and they're really fast at it. Like Tossing a, plates. Yeah, like a like a, like a, their grocery store clerks. And they're just boop, 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 boop. Oh, on the conveyor belt. Yeah. yeah yep. That's, yep. what, that's what I was trying to do. It didn't work well. I'm sorry. I got it. I understood. It worked perfectly. All right. The Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy, which we give toward villains just being goofballs. What mm-hmm. is it? I feel like it had to be Thanos uh, vacating his body with the Infinity Gauntlet and on it. And that's a daily double. Hit it, Matt D. Wilson. That the fact that not only does this happen, but like this is the second time that this has happened to Thanos is just, it's extra silly. Yeah, it's gotta be. He's a mm-hmm. goober. All right, the Key of C award goes to the moment that we most think would be enhanced by a musical number. I think we needed a musical number when Nebula gets the Infinity Gauntlet and gets to take her revenge against Thanos because oh. she had a really rough time throughout this event. Probably the roughest time. Yes. And like she had no voice prior to this. So I feel like I feel like Nebula is a really sympathetic quote unquote villain in this. I don't think she really actually does that much that's villainous. I think we needed a song where we really got to empathize with her because up to this point she's been like a charred walking corpse. Yeah. It, it's it, it it's reminding me a little bit of when Sweeney Todd gets his knives back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about your key of C? I think the scramble for the gauntlet at the end could have made a fun musical number. That was my second choice. Oh. I, I thought about that because it, it was I, some cool pages. I like when the Hulk goes for it and Drax the Destroyer is like, like uh, tackles him and the Hulk is like, I'm we're on the same side. <laughs> Poor Drax. <laughs> This is at a time period where Drax is like is supposed to be like not as smart. What, sure. Why is it why we get these times where big guys just aren't as smart? Oh, it happens to the Hulk. It happens to Drax. All right. Next up, we've got I will go down with this ship, and that can be platonic or romantic. Um, or in this case, uh, mine is enemies. I guess. Okay. Uh, like death having her kind of. Kind of heel turn against Thanos. Oh, you like that, that betrayal? Yeah, I liked that dynamic. So he had such an et tu brute sort of look on his face, right? Like you too betray me, and she just has her deadpan expression, <laughs> like, like resting death face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, title of this episode. <laughs> I get it every time. <laughs> you sure do. But uh, what did you ship? The we are truly done with this sort of attitude of Gamora, Pip, and Adam Warlock just going like, all right, uh, well, this was fun. Let's all just wrap it up. Oh, okay. I like their- I like their- They're bros at the end. They are buds. Mm-hmm. I think that Gamora and Adam Warlock are supposed to be a couple. It is not explored okay. much in this. And Pip's just their- Pip's just the me and me and you and your friend Steve, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I dig it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, we have the hit that is the goodest, the goodest hit. I gave my goodest hit to uh, Thor against Thanos. He gets a really good, like, hammer throw at Thanos and makes impact the first time. But the second time, Thanos just like, nothing's the hammer. And then Thor just 
big swingy punch and I'm like, ah, there, there are very few moments in that first fight where Thanos really got some good licks. And I feel, felt like Thor gave Thanos some good licks. It was like that one. And when Spider-Man hits him in the face with the web. Yeah. That was the second choice for me of a goodest hit. What was, what, what did you give the goodest hit? Mine's when Thor like absolutely like shoots Thanos off into space when he's like, I've got a bomb. Oh, oh, that's good. Mm. I like that one. Okay. That's, that's good. a good choice. Well, how about that? Mm-hmm. How about that, readers? We made it all the way through Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, this is the last like Marvel mini series we're going to cover. <gasps> so after this, is it just DC? No, but the, the other Marvel one is like a true crossover. It's going to be like a Avengers uh, uh, something. Da, 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 da. Got it. Got yeah. it. So this is the last Marvel mini. And it ended on one of my favorites. I felt like there was something that I should say there to commemorate the moment. Words didn't didn't come to me. I was like bringing a hand to my heart. Mm. I'm like, it it sure is. It sure is. Nothing a- like that. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, readers. Uh, next time, though, we are covering a DC miniseries. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. DC One Million. Are there one million issues? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about what, it. One million pages? Mm, hopefully not. One million heroes? Yeah. This is a favorite of mine. It's a it's a four issue. It took place over one month back in 1998. One month is not one million. We'll, we'll talk about why the gimmick <laughs> is the way it is. Okay. Uh, but if you want to get a hold of us in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Chris's Pod. Send us those long form messages at Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. You can find our new uh, episodes every two weeks out on comicsxf.com. If you want to financially support us, we do not expect you to at this uh, late stage of the podcast, but uh, our Kofi and Patreons are in the show notes. And until next time, readers, slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours.